Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Morning, everybody. How you doing today? And I just feel faith in the room. Come on, how y'all doing today? Y'all got faith in the room today? I just, I feel faith in the house today, man, as we worship God and believe him, and he can do anything. He's going to get us through. I love uh, just a time of worship, man. We are a loud and rowdy church. Come on, somebody. If, if you don't like loud church, this probably isn't the church for you. We, we, we are, heaven is going to be loud and rowdy, and uh, we are loud and rowdy people, and so I'm just getting you ready for heaven. Is that okay? Can we do that? We, we, uh, we, listen, the Bible says, shout unto the Lord, all you people, and, and, and lift your voice with a voice of triumph. Come on, that's a, that, there, there's something to that, right? There's faith in that. There's strength in that. I know there's times for quiet and reflection, but not in the corporate setting. Come on, somebody. We're shouting unto God. And we're, we're, we're worshiping. David said, I want to go to the house of God uh, and celebrate with the people of God. Lift your hands, all ye people. Come on. We're, we're worshiping God. It's a, I, don't wanna, I don't want the people in the bar last night to outdo us on Sunday morning. Somebody. I don't, I don't want North Carolina fans to outdo us. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, I cheered for North Carolina the first time in my entire life because I hate Duke. That's the only reason why. What a great game. Uh, the devils do not win. Satan does not win. I'm sorry, Will. I love you. And uh, we're going to jump into the Word of God. We're, we're in a new series. We're starting today called Prodigals. And uh, just looking at some, some thoughts and stories in the Bible of where God uh, found people uh, that maybe had struggled or messed up or walked away from some things uh, and then came back and God used them in a really powerful way. So for two weeks, I'm going to really look at the, the story in Luke 15 today about the prodigal, the where we get the, the thought and the story of the prodigal. Uh, and then I'm going to either look at Peter or Moses next week and how God used them after some great uh, waywardness or some great struggles in their life. Uh, and in the middle of this series, two weeks, and then we have Easter. And so we're believing God to bring people back to the house of God to bring people back, not just to the house, but to the Father's heart and to what God's heart is for their life. And so I would pray with you and I'm praying for you. I pray you would pray for me, for all of us that know prodigals or need people to come back to God in ways in our life, whether it's our children, family members, moms, dads, relatives, friends, coworkers, whatever it might be. I'm believing with you that God would bring them back to his heart this, this, this month and, and leading into Easter. And so what we've done is uh, there's a wall, you know, the grass wall we have in the lobby out there. There's a large wall. And if you look at it, when you go out, it's directly to your right. And uh, there's books on it and, and just books that are attached to it. And there are pens, uh, dark Sharpies. And what we want to do for the next couple weeks, starting today, is uh, just go out and write the name of, you don't have to write their full name or whatever you're comfortable writing. Write the name of someone that you believe needs to come back to God or that you're believing uh, that would come back to God in the next couple months or uh, maybe this year and just believing God, I'm, I'm believing and we're going to believe as a church that God would bring prodigals home. Is that okay? And, and so I just, you just, you can write it up there for the next couple weeks. And uh, the reason there's books there is because we don't believe their story's over. We, we don't believe that God's done writing uh, the story or the pages of their life. And so I want us to believe together uh, in doing so. And there's, there's really one reason, and I'm going to show you a quick little reveal video. There's one reason um, and one reason alone that we can believe for people to come back to God, and, uh, and that's the cross. And so I want you to check out this quick video uh, of what God's doing here. Come on, that's a little quick reveal about our new logo and, and really the new kind of direction of our church. 
And uh, you might say, well, what is that? It's the cross. And so we're just believing God to put the cross into the center of our ministry. And we believe that lives are transformed when people come to the cross and come to what Christ did. And so uh, you are the second people to see that. Some of you at team night saw that, but that uh, maybe you've been seeing the triangle disappear everywhere probably. Well, we're removing that slowly. And over the next about month, you'll be seeing a rollout of kind of that new branding, that new direction, and just putting the cross in, in the middle of our ministry. Is that good for everybody? Is that all right? I think the cross is important. Uh, for us to have in who we are. And so uh, we're excited. Prodigals can come back to who God is when the cross is the middle of everything we do. We're going to look at Luke 15. Jesus is telling a parable in Luke 15, and he begins by uh, hanging out in Luke 15, chapter uh, uh, one, um, verse one, excuse me, Luke, Luke 15, verse one. I'm just going to read about three verses, and then I'm going to uh, give you some thoughts, and I'm going to jump into about 10 more verses of that story. Um, this is the heart of God. This is the heart of our church. Uh, this is the heart of, of the Father that we see in Jesus. And so everybody says, what's God's will? What's God's heart? All you have to do is look at Jesus. All you have to do is look at how he lived. You don't, God's will is not a mystery. God's desire is not a mystery. God's mind is not a mystery. Everybody says, well, the, the ways of God are higher than our ways. No, they're not. That's Old Testament. Okay. The ways of God and the mind of God are in Christ. Jesus says, I've given you the mind of Christ. You have the mind of God. You can think like God. You can act like God. You can believe like God. You can know God's heart, God's intentions. God's will is not a mystery. You, that's the point of Jesus. That's the point of Jesus living three years to show us the will of God. Jesus was God incarnate, God in the flesh, all God, all encompassing God. And so sometimes we forget that, right? And so man, it's God's will, just a mystery. Just don't know, just not sure. No, we do know. We know, and I'm, I'm, can I help the church today? Can I help you? We know his will. And, and I, so when life gets confusing, when it gets tough, we just don't know the will of God. Now, it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it's always just so clear, but that's why we gotta put our eyes back on Jesus, put our mind back on Jesus, put our eyes back on who he is, what he said he does, how he operates. And so this is really Jesus showing us his heart for people. In Luke 15, there's all these religious people. It says, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him, drew near to Jesus to hear him. Both religious people and sinners drew near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained. Can I tell you that religion always complains? Legalism always complains. Religion always grumbles. Come on, if you have a grumbling spirit, that's not what God wants. We don't grumble. Yes, yesterday, um, and I'm just going to be honest here. We were uh, getting done with our outreach, and there was about five of us cleaning up. And I and I and and just thinking about prodigals, and we were getting ready for this series. And I looked up, and there was a young lady walking through the lobby, through this back hallway, and I could tell she was not part of our. Team, clean up, cleanup team or our church and she's walking back and she's kind of looking around. There's people just kind of standing around. Some of them were not volunteers or haircutters that come to our church to cut for that day. And so I see her and I look, I was like, excuse me, ma'am, do, do you need anything? And, and I'm just going to be honest in, the, in my mind, I started, I, I, I started preparing myself for a story for someone that just wanted some money or needed some, you know, I was waiting for the story as a pastor. I've done this for a long time. Right. And so I was waiting for someone from, the, from the streets that came over and was wanting to ask for money or wanting to ask for something. And so I began to kind of put my guard up. I began to kind of in my mind, in my mental, uh, you know, in the dialogue, I'm like, you know, there's what's going to happen. And so she says, I just need to talk to somebody. I was like, oh, okay. 
I'm still on defense. I'm still like, okay. You know, and, and this is what's happening. She begins to tell a story about her family and about her husband and about just some situations in, in their family. And they, they, they lived near here. And I said, well, I, I, and, and I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop, right? And, 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 but, and can I get some money or can I get some? And I'm just, and I'm like, okay, what do you, what do you need? And, and she's, she's like, I just, I just need somebody. I just need somebody. I was like, are you... Tears were streaming back from behind her sunglasses at this point. And she said, I said, How, do you know about our church? Because I don't live here. I visit my husband because he works at this area. And I come in every, every now and then. And this is what's going on. And I just need some prayer. Could you just pray for me? And I was like, yeah. Let me pray for you. I just began to pray for her. And the tears were streaming. I'm praying for courage in her life. I'm praying. And I get done praying. I was like, how would you... Do you know about our church? She's like, I don't even live here. She goes, no, I just walked out of the apartment and I had to find somebody and I had to go somewhere. And I looked up and saw the house of God. And so I came here. And I, I think so often, like, you know, we, we think that there's a situation or a story or a, a reason that maybe we don't want to extend grace or love and we have our own mindsets and our own mentalities because of maybe what we've been through or what other has, others have done to us or history or whatever. And Jesus is saying, Pharisees complain. Pharisees come up with stories in their mind. Pharisees, come on, I was a Pharisee for a moment yesterday. And, and, and Pharisees begin to, begin to write a dialogue or a script over people's lives that might not even be a situation. And, and, and we just got to slow down enough. Where did she go? She didn't go to the library. She, she didn't go to Panera Bread to talk to somebody. Hallelujah. She, she didn't. Yeah. Hallelujah. Panera Bread ain't got nothing on, on Jesus, somebody. And, 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 and the thought is, I'm just, the Jesus heart, he says, the, 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 the Pharisees and the scribes complain, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. It literally, it literally meant he has patience with them. He hangs out and has patience with them. And then verse three says, he spoke this parable to them saying, and he, and he doubles down. He, he triples down on a parable. It's three stories, but it's really one parable. You, you know it in Luke 15, he tells the story of a hundred sheep and one gets lost and goes away. The shepherd goes and finds it. That's the son, brings it back. Giant party at the house. Tells a second Second story, a lady with 10 coins, she loses one, lights a lamp, Holy Spirit, searches the house, finds it, huge party at the house. Story of a, a wayward son, a, a family. The son has everything, leaves the house, uh, goes away, comes back to the father, huge party at the house. Jesus tells one parable in three fashions to show us his heart. He's doubling down to his critics saying, this is how I live. This is who I am. I welcome lost people. I welcome sinners. I welcome people at their lowest point, And I celebrate and throw a giant party when they get to the place of coming back into the house of God. And my prayer is that that would be our type of church. Like, listen, that, you know, I just pray today that we'd be a people. Like, there's, there's people coming in from the streets. There's people coming around us today. And that we'd be a people that say, you know what? The door is wide open. You are welcome home. You're welcome here. We're not going to shut the door. The Pharisees, Jesus says, you lock your doors. You lock your, 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 your religion. You lock it up. And you don't let anybody into heaven is what, the, what Jesus told the Pharisees. And I just don't think that that's who we are. And the climax of this story I want to look at today is about this wayward son 
who finds himself in a distant country, attached to a farmer that he shouldn't be attached to. He's out of the father's house, attached to a pig farmer in tough times. He finds himself in the mud. He comes to himself, comes back to the father's house, and Jesus tells this story to, to rebuke his critics, and he embraces this wayward son, saying, this is how I treat humanity. I want to read the parable to you. In verse 11, he says this, then he said, a certain man had two sons, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. He divided them, not just the one son. He divided them to both sons his, his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and wasted his possessions with prodigal living, or wasted his substance with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, wasted his substance, when he had spent all of his substance, strength, vitality, energy, money, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to, sit, to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him. So here he is rehearsing this speech because he's feeling bad. He doesn't know what he's going to tell his dad. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you and I am no longer worthy to be called your sons. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father ignored that and said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and put the sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Let's throw a party for my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found and they began to make merry. They began to have a celebration. Simple title for today is this, read the return policy. Read the return policy. Let me pray for you real quick. Father, thank you so much for your uh, love and graciousness. Thank us for showing us who you are in Jesus. In the next few minutes, God, help me, empower me to speak from your heart. Help us to receive. Let all of our, uh, just our faith arise. Lord, I thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. So I pray today we would hear your word and uh, Lord, we would get faith to reach people, to believe for people, to open our arms, to welcome those home that need to come home. And Lord, in any area that we need to come home, Lord, in any area, as believers, many of us are believers here. Many of us love you and know you. Any area that we've taken out from under your authority that needs to come back home, God, let it come home today. In Jesus' matchless name, amen? amen. The return policy. Who, who likes easy return policies? Come on. Come on, Amazon Prime. Anybody, any Amazon Prime people out here? Man, you just, how easy is Amazon Prime? Come on, somebody. You just say, I don't want it. I made a mistake. I made an impulse buy. Print me out a label from the home comforts of my chair, and I'll just take it and drop it off at UPS. I don't even have to worry about it. I love it. A difficult return policy? I think nowadays, we're angry when we, we face a difficult return policy because we know how easy it can actually be, right? We know some of the easiest return policies. You ever go to a place and you think you do everything right, you got the receipt, you show up to take it back, you've got all the, all the things, and they're like, you didn't read the return policy. And they're like, what? They're like, you had 72.3 hours to return this, sir. I'm like, man, I missed it by 0.3 hours, you know. Can I get anything? Like, nope, sir, you got, you got to live with it. We'll give you store credit. I don't want nothing from your store. You know what I mean? They just make it kind of, kind of difficult. Some of the easiest return policies. Costco has one of the easiest return policies. 
Easy. There's a picture we have right here. Check out this picture right here. That's, a, that, that's somebody in 2018 returning a Christmas tree to Costco in January. They got their money back. He said, why do you want it? And the lady said, because the tree's dead. Another lady at Costco returned an empty bottle of wine. They were like, what was wrong with it? She said, it gave me a headache. It's a true story. Another person returned a bag of 13-year-old fish that had been freeze-dried and complained and got their money back. So easy return policy. Target, easy return policy. 90 days, bring it back. If it's a Target product, you can bring it back within a year. Just return it. Just return it. It's easy. Simple return policies. My point to you today is this. God is a whole lot like Costco and Target. He, he, he has an e, the easiest return policy on the planet. Religion does not. Pharisees do not. Uh, the, sometimes we don't allow people to come back and to get back into good graces with us. The reality is God has one of the easiest return policies. He paid for that on the cross. He paid for every uh, impulse buy that you've ever decided on. He paid for every bad decision that you ever made in a moment. He paid for anything on the cross that maybe you regretted, that you wish you hadn't made that decision. He says, you can bring it back to me anytime you want. If you are God's, you can always bring it back to God. And so he's saying that there's this policy with me. And I want to encourage you today that whatever it is, you can bring back to God and you can get everything back from the cross. There's an exchange policy. If you feel like you lost some substance, wasted some parts of your life with, wa with wasteful living or bad decisions, prodigal living just means wasteful living. We've all wasted things in our life from bad decisions. As God's saying, if you would bring some stuff back to me today, if you would bring that back up under my authority, I will restore to you everything. You'll get full credit, full refund. In this story of the prodigal, there's uh, four main characters and one inferred character. And I'm going to look at the four main characters just for a second, and then I'm going to really preach about the inferred character and what he does to us as, as, as believers or as God's kids, specifically, and what, he, what he's doing uh, to keep prodigals away. Uh, the father's the main character, obviously, in the story. He opens his heart for, for the son to come back home. The father is, is God. It's a picture of God. Uh, the two sons are a picture of all of humanity, a picture of us. Uh, one son is, is rebellious, and one son's a rule keeper. That's where we find ourselves usually thinking that we can relate to God through, uh, we don't want to relate to God through rebellion or we're going to relate to him through keeping rules. I'm going to keep the rules. The older brother was the rule keeper. It was religion. We all find ourselves at some point in one of those scenarios, but really God wants healthy relationship, good relationship through Jesus, not rebellion or rule keeping. Come on, you can't keep rules to get to heaven, somebody. Y'all with me? And so the two sons are all of us. And then there's a, a nameless farmer from a far off country who's feeding pigs that this young man attaches himself to. He's a Jewish man. He should have never attached himself uh, to a pig farmer or to a foreign master. Uh, he was a son. He should have never done that. And then there's a fifth character that I want to talk about a little bit today. And it's an implied character and it's Satan. Satan's in the story. Satan is working and whispering in the story to all of humanity, and you see him working in this situation, and so the story goes to where the son comes to the father. He says, I want my stuff. Uh, give me the inheritance. That, that is not unusual in this manner and in this culture for that to happen. Many say, well, he wanted the father to die, and that was terrible, and he was greedy. He wasn't greedy. He was born into a palace. He had, he had money. He had cooks. He had servants. He had chefs. He had everything. He had money. He, he wasn't going to get richer by getting the money. 
And so he went and he said, give to me the inheritance. And so I'd like my inheritance. And so it says the father divided unto them. He didn't just give the, the younger son the inheritance. He gave both sons the inheritance. He gave unto them the inheritance. There was a cultural law that if you felt like the father didn't do you right as a son, you could actually sue the father and go to trial. And so this was a very normal cultural thing for them to ask for their inheritance before the father had died, that they began to have responsibility and, and rule some things in the house. So the older brother gets the inheritance, stays in the house. We see him and he never leaves. The younger brother gets it and after, I don't know how many days, he gets the blessing, he gets the benefits, he gets everything that the father has, he gets the responsibility, and then he gets restless and leaves. Somehow, something happened in that time frame where I believe it was the enemy speaking to him, some things in his heart. I think the enemy feeds some things in our lives sometimes. Everything's, everything's working, and then he decides to leave. Let me, let me just say something to you. If, if heaven has blessed you, hell can't curse you. If, if the blessing of God is on you, hell and Satan cannot curse you. Here's the point. So what Satan has to do is he has to trick you to bring a curse on yourself. And so he can't get you out of blessing because you're blessed by God. And if God's blessed you, you've got blessing on you. You've got just power, just blessing, like going through adversity, going through trials, but still overcoming, still succeeding, still being blessed. Anybody been through some stuff and still been blessed? And so if heaven's blessing you, you can go through some things, but hell can't curse you, but the devil will try to trick you to bring the curse onto yourself by how you communicate, by the things you say, by some of the decisions we make many times. So what happens is Satan did it to Adam and Eve. It was the oldest trick in the book. It's where he started. He could not, could not curse Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were blessed by God. They lived in the garden. They had everything. They had a self-sustaining economy. They had food. They had blessing. They had naked and unashamed. Come on. Woohoo! And everything. No stress. No worry about producing or provision. Satan couldn't throw him out of the garden. He didn't own the garden. Satan can't throw you out what he doesn't own. And so what he had to do was come and, and, and deceive them in order to get them out. What'd he do? He got, he talked them in, please hear me today. He talked them in to getting info apart from the father. He talked them into getting information instead of divine revelation. So there was a tree of good and evil, had good and evil in it, and there was a tree of life. That's God, that's relationship, that's authority, that's submission, that's God's word, that's God's will, that's God's way. You don't have to make decisions when you do it God's way because you got all of God's way. You don't have the stress of trying to figure out what's good, what's bad, what's gray, what's black, where do I walk, how close do I get to the line, how, I, don't, I don't know, how do I live, I don't know. The tree of good and evil. It's like a cheesecake factory menu. I don't know how to order when I go there. Way too many options in that, in that menu. It's like, I don't want like, you know, seafood and like hamburgers at the same place on a menu with like 84 pages. I can't figure it out. That's the tree of good and evil. And so, so what, what was happening is Satan tricked them to eating from that tree. They got information apart from the father. And, that, and that's what happens when, when the enemy begins to whisper to us to try to get us out of a blessed place. He wants to give us info apart from the Father. You can live how you want. You can do it your way. You can take the blessings that God's given your life. You can, you can, you can make the decisions yourself. You just, just get the information. Does that make sense? So Satan, he, he curses them by getting them to, 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 to make a decision on their own to get out from under God's blessing. And so here, here's some, some thoughts about that. Here, here's what I want you to know. This young man, as Satan speaks into his life, he whispers and gets him to move out of a blessed place 
and gets him to go and waste many things in his life. Something's happening in his heart and he leaves from the father's house. He leaves from the father's authority and he goes on his own. Number one, here's what the enemy does. The enemy feeds an independent spirit to get you and I out from the father's authority. We all deal with an independent spirit. We just all deal, we're human. So part of your flesh has an independent spirit in it. Like where I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm going to lead my own life. I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm not going to submit to anybody. I'm going to figure it out myself. Here's this young son. He gets the blessings and the benefits of the father and somehow wasn't satisfied. He got all of it, but wasn't satisfied and wanted to control. He didn't just want the blessings. He wanted to control how he used the blessings. He wanted to decide how the blessings were a part of his future. And so often the enemy begins to bless us in a place like this or bless us when we come up under God's will or bless us when we get into connect groups or bless us when we get onto serve teams and bless us when we begin to to serve and get plugged into the life of God in the house of God. There's blessing in that. And then somehow we want to take those blessings and figure out how to do it on our own. Am I preaching to anybody today? I just, I know for me, I have independent tendencies in my life. And I know the enemy would whisper to those tendencies sometimes and try to get me to do my own thing. Here's what Paul said. Paul said it this way. You, you have 10,000 instructors. You have 10,000 teachers, but not many fathers. So, so again, Paul's saying that the, the, the dilemma is going to be, we want information apart from fatherhood. You can get all the best teaching online today. You can go hear every preacher on the planet. You can go get all the different, you know, commentary. You can get everything you need today online. You can get some of the best communicators on the planet. You can go listen to online. They're not going to father you. They're not going to get involved in your life on a day in and day out around a living room setting with a leader or with a Christian leader in your life and speak into your life and say, that's a bad decision. That's a good decision. I love you. And so, so a lot of times, here, here's how you know if you're kind of nursing an independent spirit. You can write this down if you want. When you want assets without accountability. I know I'm kind of going heavy on you today. I hope this helps. When, when you want God's benefits without a boss. Oh, I want all the benefits, but don't tell me what to do. I, don't, I want the assets of God, but I don't want the accountability of God. My kids, when they were little, many of you, if you had kids, you know when they're little, they're so cute, and they say no. They learn the word no. Come on, any parents, their kids learn the word no? No. 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 And you're like, look how cute it is. Look at him saying no. Yeah, that's it's cute for a few years, right? They're young. You don't come down hard on it. You're like, isn't it so cute? Isn't it so neat? But then you begin as a father or a mother to train them. You know what? That's cute when you're little, but as you grow, if you're going to want to mature and grow, if you're going to want to have some of my authority and some of my blessings, some of my privileges and some of my responsibilities as the, as the leader of the home, then I'm going to need your yes to match my yes eventually. Not out of control, but out of, out of being in unity. And I think a lot of times God's going, look how cute it is when they yell no, no. And God's like, that no is just so cute. But if you're going to want to have my blessing and my authority and my calling and my direction and my power, I'm going to need your yes to match my yes in your life. I'm going to need you to decide just, you know what, God, I want your way. 
I want to live pure like you tell me. I want your word. I want to, I want to just do, God, I'm just going to make a decision to let your yes be my yes. I want the blessings, but I don't need to control it. I don't have to, to, to mandate it. I don't have to do it on my own. God, it's on you. I surrender my independent spirit to you. Come on, we all got to do it. I, I did it the other day. I had to do it the other day with the team. We're trying to make a decision on a, on a hire and on a direction. I'm their boss. I submitted my heart and, my, and, and the information to the team. I'm not here to tell y'all what to do. I'm here to be accountable. Amen. I want blessings and I want the assets of God for our team. I want the assets of God for our church. I surrender and I submit to people I didn't have to. I'm just asking you, when, when, that, when that's in your life, when that independent spirit is in your life, what are you doing to kind of conquer it? I think if you're going to mature and I'm going to mature, we just need to say, God, your ways are my ways. So the enemy, he feeds an independent spirit. I've got a few minutes with you. He feeds this independent spirit. Here's why. Listen to me. Here's why. Because he wants you to run. This young son ran. He's good, and to get you to run, he's going to send offense. He's going to send pride. He's going to send control. He could send perversion. He could send, he could send um, competition. I can do it better. Here's what that's because he can't, because the enemy can't curse you. So he has to get you out of a blessed place. And so what he'll begin to do is whisper these things. Comparison. I'm just saying, guys, we got a generation that's so restless. All the blessings. So restless. What's next? What's new? What, what else can I do? Where else can I go? And here's why a restless spirit is dangerous, because it'll make you run from people, from marriages, from jobs, from kids, from ministries, from relationships, from your calling, and the enemy wants you to run. And so I, I don't know what it is for you today. I know areas in my life where I've taken, and, and I don't just mean from the house of God. Think about this, uh, out from under the authority of God. What area is it in your life that you've taken out from the authority of God's word and rule? I don't know what it is. I know what my areas are. Okay, God, I need to bring some areas, prodigal living, if wasteful living, I need to bring some areas back up under your authority. I need my yes to just be yes to your yes. And so I'm gonna surrender some things. And I would just encourage you today, don't run. Look at, look at five people and say, don't run. don't run. Five people, don't run, don't run, don't run. Don't run. Don't run from a place of protection. Don't run from a place of provision. Don't run from a place of God's power and providence. Don't run. There's, there's some amazing things that God has for you. I remember, anybody ever run away as a little kid? I ran away in second grade. Come on, I had a little wagon and a bag of pecans, somebody. I didn't have, I had, I had a wagon. I remember I, I took my little stepsister. She's in fourth grade. I'm in second grade. We're taking a little wagon up the neighborhood. It's starting to get dark. My, little, my mama followed us in a little Toyota Corolla and just crept about 50 yards behind us until we got scared and hungry. Come on, I'm just here to tell you. Some of y'all on the run with your little wagon and God's following you with a little Toyota Corolla going, I'm gonna wait till they get scared. I'm gonna wait till they get hungry. Come on, but they can come on back home. They can, they can come. Don't, don't, don't run. God's got you. He's following you. Make a decision to come back to the Father's house. The second thing, after God feeds, after the enemy feeds this independent spirit, all of a sudden, then he begins to feed an insecure spirit. The enemy will take an independent spirit, and this is, I'm going I'm to kind of show you this. The enemy, he will feed an independent spirit to get you to operate in an insecure spirit. And what do I mean by that? So, 
So we would have never thought that this young man was insecure. He's out there partying, living it up, in the club, dropping it, popping it, doing all this stuff, backing it up. He, he, he would never thought he was insecure, but he didn't realize he's, wa he's wasting his substance. Not just his money, his substance. The longer we're out from the house and out from the authority of God, we're wasting our substance. We're draining our energy and our life and our, our substance and our vitality and our reputation. And so here he is, and, and this insecure spirit hits him. And what I mean by insecure is this. Here's the definition of insecurity. Value plus vulnerability equals insecurity. Value plus vulnerability equals insecurity. So, so guys or girls, listen, you go out to a restaurant, or you go out to, to Market Square, you're walking around downtown. Come on, girls, do you clutch your purse a little bit tighter when you're walking around Market Square? You hold it, you're a little more aware, you're a little more cognizant, right? Come on, guys, you ever taken your wallet and moved it from your back pocket to your front pocket? Come on, I, when I'm in an area of town or I'm walking around downtown or I don't know, I don't, I'm out and about, I'll move my wallet from my back pocket to my front pocket. I don't care where I am, anywhere I go, I'm gonna move it right here. Plus, I don't like to sit on it because it just bugs me, but I put it right here when I'm walking around. Anybody, and you, and you, you just feel for your wallet, just, you're, just subconscious, just why? Because you've taken a, something that's valuable and you've made it vulnerable. And so you're, you're a little bit insecure. Clutching your purse, clutching your wallet, just check, right? Any, any campers out here? Vulnerable, vulnerable. <laughs> There's an ax murderer in the park somewhere. He's out there, she's out there. There's a bear, there is something that can kill me and that little nylon tent is, does not make me feel any bit safer whatsoever. I've got weapons of warfare under my sleeping bag. I have things, I have guns in state parks, I do not care. If you're a state marshal, ignore that. I, because why? Because I have my valuable family in a place of vulnerability. And so I'm insecure. When I'm at home, well, I'll throw the wallet up on the counter. I can lose the purse. I will find the wallet. It don't matter. I can, I don't, I'm never feeling for my wallet. I don't sleep. I got guns in the house, but I don't sleep clutched to them like somebody's under the bed. Like I'm not insecure because I'm in a place of protection. I'm in a place of provision. I'm in a place of power. I'm in a place of security. Oh man, there's this, just this spirit of God when I'm protected in the, in the house of God under the authority of God. And so I just want to encourage you. You might not even know you're insecure, but if you're clutching at stuff, some of you are so insecure, worried about the future, worried about your money, grabbing for your wallet, worried about your kids, worried about so much because you've come out from under the authority of God and the covering of his house in a way. And I, I just, I just, I don't just mean going to church. Going to church is not being in the house. Just because you come to dinner at my house don't mean you do anything there. I love you. Y'all like, I came to church. I'm glad you did. Come back, please. I mean, you come to the house and, 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 your, and your life will begin to change. But I want to tell you even more so, if you plant in the house, all of a sudden power and provision and the vitality of God and the energy of the life of God, it's in the soil. It's not in the chair. It's in the soil. And all of a sudden, you begin to put your roots down into the soil. What does that look like? It looks like serving. It looks like getting into connect groups. It looks like giving and, and investing. It looks like being a part. It looks like meeting people. It looks like getting. It just looks like planting. Does that make sense? 
I know I'm not, I'm not trying to get on your toes today. I, I'm trying to love you because I, I really believe, I really believe with all my heart. I was in a connect group, my connect group on Thursday night, and we had a new couple there. We're talking about marriage. We're just communicating and talking. And one couple says, man, we don't even need counseling now. They're like, man, I don't need to, even need, I don't need to pay 150 bucks. I, I got all my questions answered tonight. The point was, most of what you're going through, I'm going through. And as we begin to talk and plant in, and I'm not saying don't get counseling. Come on. I mean, if you, some of us need it. I'll get counseling. You need, but the, their point was, some of y'all are like, well, I don't need counseling. Don't nudge your husband or wife. Like, see, we don't need counseling. You, if you're nudging, you need it. Okay. <laughs> if you just nudge, you need it. <laughs> but the point is that there's things in the planting of the soil and the community that will heal things that would never be healed if you weren't planted in. Does that make sense? I believe God can change your life. And so, and so I just want to encourage you, don't run, don't get insecure, don't allow that stuff to get into your life. Stay put. This young man, and I'm going to close up and pray for you. This young man, he left and he didn't even realize he was using all of his substance. The enemy wants you and I to spend our substance. And he was at the lowest place of his life and he began to get an unusual appetite for pig slop. He was at the lowest place of his life and he began to crave things that could not satisfy. That's the highest level of prodigal living. When we get to a place in our life going, you know what, I crave something that can't satisfy my life. And, and, and I just wanna encourage you, I don't know what it is that you're feeding. He was there feeding pigs. And I just, I just wanna say today, stop feeding the oinkers. Like God told me to tell somebody, stop feeding the oinkers. Like this young man's feeding it, and what happens? He comes to himself, and he realizes, this is not who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a blessed woman of God. I'm a blessed man of God. I'm in the house of God. I've got, I've got the blessing of God. This is not, and he, and he had this realization, and he had this self-talk, and he just made a decision that day. I'm not going to live here anymore. I just want to encourage some of you today. I don't know what it is for you. I know the areas that God spoke to me in this message that I've got to stop feeding and go, you know what? I'm not going to allow that. And I'm not going to feed that. That's not who I am. That's not what I stand for. That's not who my, that's not what my life is. What is it for you? I don't know. What have you taken out from under God's authority? Is it a mindset? Is it a ministry? Is it your money? Is it your morals? Is it a method? What have you said? I'm going to do it my way. And God's asking you today to go, you know what? Just bring it back. He, he's got the easiest return policy on the planet. The father standing open arms, the Bible says, the son has a realization, comes to himself. He has some self-talk. I, I just, I'm just gonna help somebody today. You need to go home today and say, self, this is not who I am. Self, this is not where I'm gonna live. Speaking to your marriage, speaking to your into your heart, speaking to your mind. I'm not going to stay here any longer. And then he got up and he went home. And the Bible says when he was a long way off, the father saw him. I know you feel like you've got a long way to go. And I know Satan tells you every day, man, you're too far. It's, it's too, too big of a distance. I don't know the journey back home for that young man. It wasn't easy. It's not an, always an easy road back, but can I tell you, it's a welcoming home party when you get there. And if you'll just start stepping and start walking and keep going and decide to get up today, it could be, it could be as simple as a mindset. 
could be a hurt. It could be a wound. It could be a, a, a behavior. I don't know, but just get up and say, God, I'm coming home. God had his arms open. You know, when he got there, God ran at him. You know, it's the only place in the Bible God gets in a hurry is when we come home. And he runs at him and God surrounds him. The boy gives a speech and the father doesn't even listen. The, God says, I'm going to treat you as if you've never left. I'm going to treat you like you never went away. I'm going to treat you like you're my kid, that nothing changed. You're getting the robe, you're getting the ring, you're getting the sandals, but more than that, you get the father, you get the house, you get the blessing, you get all of God and all that he stands for, and he restores everything to you that you lost. No speech. Man, you know you made your mom upset. Man, we worried about you for days. Man, son, I can't believe you wait. Not a, religion gives speeches. Listen, the son changed his behavior. That was given. He had to get out of the slop and come home. He changed his behavior, but the father didn't even mention his behavior. He just said, I love you. Come on, welcome home. And, and I want to be a church. I want to be a guy that stands on this back patio with an open embrace saying, you know what? The father welcomes you home and so do we. The father welcomes you into this place and so do we. We got wide open arms for whatever it is you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, and we're going to walk it out together. I want to pray for you today. And I don't know, maybe you need to come back to God just with your life today. Maybe you know that you're away from God, that you're not walking in relationship with God. Maybe you're the rebellious son, or maybe you're the rule-keeping son. Maybe you've been trying to do it all in your own strength. Like if I do all this and you've got religion and, and you've been in church, and you, but you know you don't have a, a healthy, life-giving relationship with Jesus and you know today is that day for you. Or maybe, maybe you're away from God and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Can I tell you that he's welcoming you today? It's as easy as it'll ever get for you to just say, you know what, God, take my life. I, I, need, I need to give you my life. I'm ready to surrender. I don't want to lead my own way. I can't do it anymore in my own strength. Maybe that's you today. Or maybe you're a Christian in here you say, you know what, I'm serving God, I love God, but there's a couple areas of my life that are prodigal. There's a couple areas that, that I've kind of taken out from under his word and under his authority and I haven't been accountable in. And I, I want to I submit that back to the feet of Jesus today. I want to bring that home to the Father today again and say, you know what, God, you've got authority and you've got control in my life, not me. Maybe you need to surrender that today. If you're online and you need to bring some things back to God today. Would you just say, I'm coming back? Just type in the chat right there. I'm coming home. Just write that in the chat today. We want to pray for you if you're watching. And we want to, we want to believe God with you. If you're in this room and you say, you know what? I got, to, I got to bring some things back to God. Nobody looking around. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you, if you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to bring some things back to God. Would you just put your hand up to me today? Come on. Thank you for your boldness. Hands are still up. If you're in here and you say, I just want to bring my life to God today. I'm ready for a fresh start. If that's you, put your hand up boldly to me. I need a fresh start with God today. Thank you for your honesty, young lady. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty, for your boldness. I need Jesus in my life. Pray for me, Pastor. I, I need to commit my life to God. Anybody else, just for another second. Come on, if you're online and you need to make a fresh start with God, just type in fresh start right there. We're gonna pray for you. Church, I'm gonna say a simple prayer right now. So no magic in the words. This is just a coming home prayer, a prayer of surrender. The Bible says if you would give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. I'm going to pray a prayer of, of a fresh start. Come on, church, pray. People in your family right now saying yes to heaven, yes to God, saying maybe it's their first yes, maybe it's their thousandth yes, but it's a yes to God this morning. 
If you didn't put your heart up or your hand up and need to put your heart up right now, pray this prayer with me and just surrender to God. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for welcoming us home. Thank you for opening your arms wide to us on that cross. That when you went to that cross, I believed you opened up your arms to humanity. And that you don't want one of your children wayward. That you don't want one of your children lost. That you want every child and every person coming home to you today. Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe you died on that tree. I believe you took all my shame, my guilt, my sin, my mistakes. And you nailed it to that tree. I turned from that life. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you to fill me with life today. Fill me with your power and your spirit. And I'll serve you the rest of my life in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God a big round of applause and praise in this place. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.